Welcome to Conversations, a podcast by Christ Presbyterian Church of Auburn, where we sit down with our pastor, Eric Zellner, and discuss how God's Word applies to our lives. Welcome back to Conversations. Um, this is our last uh, episode in this series. In this series, <laughs> yeah, that's so right. I had to pause for dramatic effect <laughs> there. Uh, in this series of the core values, um, if you've been following along for the past couple ones, we've been talking just about the core values. They used to be called distinctives um, of our church, Christ Presbyterian Auburn. Um, and you can find them on our website at ChristPresAuburn.org. Uh, if you go to the Who We Are tab and then uh, Core Values, you'll find it there. But we are on the last two of eight. Um, we will be talking about biblical wisdom, wi- wisdom, <laughs> Bib- <laughs> biblical wisdom, and biblical community. Um, so, biblical wisdom uh, it reads that a church that understands the times while simultaneously ministering in a university environment and maintaining biblical commitments to truth. So, Eric, would you mm-hmm. want to elaborate that on, on that? Elaborate on that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Biblical wisdom is one. I think if you were to read that, you'd go, "What? What are we really talking about?" And uh, when we uh, put the church together and and began to really talk through what we wanted to uh, accentuate and what we felt was important for a church in this context in Auburn. Uh, we recognized that it was going to require a kind of wisdom to navigate a university setting, uh, but also in a in a in a postmodern, uh, in some ways even a post-Christian, broader world. Uh, Auburn, Alabama, is not post-Christian in the way that Berkeley, <laughs> California, is post-Christian. No, not at all. Um, but it is significantly different than it was 30 years ago. Um, when I was a student, not saying that I was here 30 years ago, that would be impossible because I'm 25, but um, <laughs> yeah, we'll just right. say, yeah, that's right. we'll just say it's different than yeah. it used to be. How about that? Yeah. But in this definition, we say a church that understands the times. And part of that is really simply recognizing that uh, not everyone comes to Christ's prayers with the exact same biblical foundations growing up and what, what life was like for them. And we also, ministering across the street from a college campus, we want to make sure that we are aware that um, that the average Auburn student, not the average Christ Pres student, but the average Auburn student doesn't come here with the, uh, maybe with the first conviction that the Bible is true, mm-hmm. uh, nor that God has spoken, uh, and maybe not even that God is there. And so it's important for us to think in terms of uh, the wisdom that it will take to navigate a, a culture like that. And and included in that, we said a church that understands the times while simultaneously ministering in a university environment. So the bigger story of what's going on, but also in this in this context itself, and then maintaining biblical commitments to truth. And so I was, you know, one of the two passages that really stood out to us when we were thinking through this. One was in uh, Matthew chapter 10, when Jesus is about to send his apostles out, um, and, he, and he tells them, he instructs them to be as wise as serpents, um, as innocent as doves or as lambs. And uh, that that very concept is a concept that, that recognizes that the world is going to be hostile to God's to God's people, and uh, and so we want to make sure that we are 
careful in the ways that we go and and yet we're watchful in how we uh, navigate that. The other one that stands out to me is when Paul is speaking to the Arab Areopagus on Mars Hill, which is in Acts chapter 17. Uh, he goes there and he he speaks as one who is trying to build bridges to things that they can relate to. And so he uh, he begins in chapter 17, verse 22, Men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. Um, and he, he picks up on the fact that they have a God over there that's a statue to an unknown God. And he uses that in some ways to build a, a bridge to people who are, quote-unquote, religious. Mm-hmm. So that, that kind of passage gives us a sense of what we were looking to um, to do with regards to biblical wisdom. How are we going to think in terms of speaking and communicating and living in such a way that we're trying to build bridges relationally to people who may not have the exact same views as we have, and yet maintaining biblical commitments to truth. We believe the Bible's true, that Mm -hmm. it's God's Word written, and so we want to speak in a manner that never hedges the truth, but never shies away from uh, engaging the culture and the community in a way that's winsome and warm and careful, Mm -hmm. um, but also recognizing that... um, we're not speaking always to people who come to us with the exact same background and maybe even the exact same beliefs. Mm-hmm. So that's really what biblical yep. wisdom was about. And then the next one, biblical community, um, a church with a multi-generational approach to ministry. While we believe that God has instituted the covenant family as the central part of the Christian home, this does not make us insular. Rather, we strive to live as a body of believers united in genuine community. Yeah, that, you know, from the start, the the very concept of uh, multi-generational ministry was an important part of what yep. we saw here. And uh, But I remember particularly saying to people who were coming to the early meetings, uh, this is going to be a church, we want it to be a church, of adults who really care about ministering to college students. It's not primarily a church of college students, yep. and it's not primarily a church for college students. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the church is for God's people for the worship of the Lord, mm-hmm. but I don't think that it's wise to create a church just for mm-hmm. college students because that's then separating them out in much the same way that some churches do with with youth groups, right? This is our youth group. We push them over here in this building that we've got outside, and um, they deal with uh, somewhat grown-up, teenager-ish, 30-year-olds um, who have awesome bands, and uh, and we, we put our, our high school students and junior high students over there as if they're they're not a part mm-hmm. of the church, right? Yeah. So, so much of what um, I care about is that when our students come, um, to Christ's prayers, that they are learning to be a part of a body of mm-hmm. believers. Yeah. And so, you know, the very first line, a church with a multi-generational generational approach to ministry means we want to create uh, and enjoy various, uh, I guess you'd say connecting points, mm-hmm. touch points, where college students interact with adults, adults interact with college students. So part of that is, you know, like what we do with Digging Deeper is is primarily designed for uh, my 16-year-old and 15-year-old to get to know uh, 60-year-olds mm-hmm. and 19-year-olds mm-hmm. and just to have a – and thereby also have some of the 60-year-olds get to know the, the 21-year-old yep. and, and that kind of thing. And that that's really the nature of what – 
the church was from mm-hmm. the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in after um, after the Protestant Reformation, you you still don't have the concept of college ministry and youth ministry mm-hmm. um, and children's ministry until you get to the United States yep. and you get to the 1950s and yep. 60s. That's when you start getting that stuff. So it's important to recognize. All right, for for probably 1960 or 70 years, mm-hmm. the church was really a multi generational community, yep. um, and so that's that's number one concept of biblical community. The other is while we believe that God has instituted the covenant family as a central part of the church of the Christian home, and then it goes on to say that doesn't make us insular, but that's a very specific statement, mm-hmm. and that is that we really do believe that. Um, God works and has worked through families. That's actually an important part of being Presbyterian, but not just Presbyterian, um, also being Reformed. Because the entire concept of of believing that God works through families is rooted in our own understanding of infant baptism. Um, and, And so I don't really ever know where... You know, when other churches speak of being reformed, I don't really know what they what they do or how that works mm-hmm. for them. That's this is a an anchor, yes. and I think it's yep. woven throughout the scripture. So it's not just that Genesis two tells a man to leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, um, and and it's not just that you get this ah wonderful picture of of marriage, but also throughout the rest of the Bible that that children are a blessing from the Lord and brought into the family, and they are to be taught God's word in the family. And so that's an important aspect of this. It, it doesn't mean that um, you have to have a family in order to come to Christ's prayers. Yeah. <laughs> it means that we recognize yeah. that that's a central building block of what God has yeah. done in society throughout the, uh, throughout the foundation of the world and through the church. But that, uh, that then we put a comma, we recognize that's a central part of the Christian home, comma, this does not make us insular. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that was a deliberate effort to, to say, we want to make sure, as one of our distinctives, that though I might like the five other people in my family, that doesn't mean that um, that it that it's my excuse for not being uh, full of hospitality, mm-hmm. opening the doors of my home, inviting people in to be a part of my home and uh, your home and other people's homes. We want people to have a measure of uh, biblical hospitality and thinking about what that looks like. Mm-hmm. The other part of this idea, insular, just seem, simply means turned in. Um, and so, you know, what does insulation do in your attic? It's designed to hold the heat in, yep. right? Um, and so to be insular is to say we're kind of holding in what we've got here. And that that's a, a recipe not only for being biblically um, unfaithful to the, to the Great Commission mm-hmm. and the, the grander picture of the church, it's also somewhat of a, in my opinion, a selfish move yep. uh, to say, well, we kind of like the way things are. Uh, let's don't do anything to really reach out because this is really sweet what we've got at this moment. God gets to control how the church grows, but we want to make sure that we are thinking outside the walls, thinking of mission. And we, we covered some of this in uh, when we talked about evangelism, church planting, and missions. Mm-hmm. It's just a posture that's outward facing. Yep. And that's really such an important thing for the concept of biblical community, mm-hmm. right? It can't be that I have three friends and so we're really happy. Michael, you cannot be a part of this yeah. conversation because we've already got three friends. Yep. 
And unknowingly, PCA churches, um, not always, but PCA churches can be very good at uh, liking themselves mm-hmm. and being really happy with who they are. Yep. And then and then they stop yeah. uh, reaching out and thinking in terms of, oh, it would be it would be a blessing for God to bring others with other spiritual gifts to invest and pour mm-hmm. into the life of the body of believers here. So that's really an important part of it. And so then that last part of it, of it is this doesn't make us insular. Rather, we strive to live as a body of believers united in genuine community. Mm-hmm. Um, and that phrase, strive, uh, is quite intentional. We yeah. did we were not trying to say, therefore, we really, we've arrived, yeah. um, and we're really <laughs> pleased with how we are. Uh, but we recognize that that's an ongoing work in all of us to continue to have to strive to live as a body of mm-hmm. believers. It is in in the United States uh, entirely. We're, we're very independent yes. as individuals, mm-hmm. right? And so it takes effort and work for us to get out of our comfort zone, to move into relationships with other people. And there are, there are Christians who, who believe, well, I, you know, now I can just— this is fantastic. I can actually flip on a, the uh, the computer on Sunday morning, and I can participate in a worship service. Mm-hmm. Um, that's actually not biblical. Yep. And so you may you may hold all the same Christian um, opinions or yeah. biblical views, but this would be a blind spot for some people. Yep. We would just go, well, we don't have to be a part of the community. Yeah. And that's actually very hard. Yeah. Uh, it's not hard just for some people. It's hard yeah. for everybody. Yeah. Because it requires you getting out of your comfort zone. Yeah. I, I still remember, Michael, one of the uh, hardest seasons of my life was when I moved back. I've shared this through the, through the podcast. Moving back to Nashville after mm-hmm. college yep. and suddenly going to a church that was 1,500 people. And uh, it's big. Mm-hmm. And so it took every—I'm I'm a high extrovert. It took yeah. every bit of effort for me to go, uh, okay, I really do want to go to this small group mm-hmm. or I really do want to go to that Sunday school I really do want to be a part of uh, this that the mm-hmm. church is doing, and the reason it's hard is because we are all by nature independent, mm-hmm. and we all by nature do not like to extend ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, the truth is that God's designed us not to be uh, just an army of mm-hmm. one, um, and it's really biblical community is the heart of the church. Mm-hmm. Now. Here's the thing: when when life is comfortable and and we're not being persecuted, we get the luxury of going. You know what I think I'll do? I'll just turn on my camera and watch yep. watch the Eric uh, on Sunday morning. He's he's my church, yeah. um, or insert whatever church that people watch. Yep. Um, that only works when there's not persecution. Yep. And so the reason that that uh, this concept of independence and being um, separated from the biblical community now thrives in the United States is because we're all relatively safe. Yep. That thought would have been absolutely unthinkable in the world yep. of persecution in the early church, and certainly in the in the places in parts of the world right now, China yep. and other places, where there really is genuine persecution. Is it not James that addresses that? Yeah. Uh, James, he says, you know, do not... Is it James or Hebrews? I always forget why. Sometimes What's your what reference? The... You do not neglect to, to meet together. Yeah, as um, some as, are, some are in the habits do. That's Hebrews. Yeah, that is Hebrews. Yeah. that's I, great. Yeah. That's it's so true though. It's exactly right. And and in so doing, um, what you're doing is you're actually stymieing or stunting your own growth <laughs> yeah. as a believer. And I, 
digging deeper. I had so many conversations with people that they're like, you know, digging deeper can be a little hard. It can be a little awkward at times. And I fully know that. Yeah. I, I create them knowing they're going to be yeah. awkward. Yeah. And I'm awkward and you're awkward and, yeah. and all God's children yeah. are awkward. Yes. Um, yes. But the nature of church is, okay, that's fine. Well, we we, we just learn to work through some of that. And, yeah. and the more time you spend with each other, yep. the less awkward it gets. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that would actually be true. This is what's we, we want to make sure we know. This isn't just because it's church. That's actually true of human beings. So if you were suddenly dropped into a book club mm-hmm. over here in Auburn, there would be a minute of awkward. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> and and a, a, a basketball team that you, hey, this is rec league basketball. Yep. You're going to you're gonna meet awkward oh, yeah. um, anywhere. And so biblical community means, well, I, I so much believe that I'm a part of the body of Christ and that mm-hmm. Christ is the head, and he brings a body together mm-hmm. that I'm going to pour into this and be poured into by others because this is – God's design for how we grow. And I, I think a lot of the um, seeing this core value kind of played out, specifically this one biblical community, mm. I just see it um, when we take uh, a vows of church membership mm-hmm. That's right. um, and submitting to the, uh, the church governance mm-hmm. and um, uh, to honor its purity and peace and to, to study what is studying study, its purity and study, peace. Yeah. Studying its purity and peace. That's what, yeah, that's very much what that means. Yeah. And I mean, just seeing that, and I even have seen some of our um, ruling elders just mm. doing very, very good jobs of reaching out to members that they haven't seen yeah. at church yeah. in a while. And they're like, hey, what's going on? And, you know, I thought mm. about that when, when you were talking about the um, live stream, because I know we mm. do the live stream, and a lot of that had. I remember. I think I I helped do the first ever one because it was oh, during really? COVID, it was during COVID, <laughs> and that's when we started doing it during COVID with that little. Yeah. I remember that little small yeah, camera we a, thing. Uh, that yeah. thing was a nightmare. We did have a small one. It was a Mevo. I <laughs> think Mevo, it's what yeah, called. Thing was a nightmare. But I remember doing that. It was at uh, Serenity at uh, Legacy oh, Farms yeah. and um, or Legacy at Serenity Farms. Yeah. I forget which way it goes. That's it. you said it right just then. <laughs> okay. Legacy at Serenity um, Farms. But uh, you know, mm-hmm. and and I I personally was like. Why are we doing a podcast? Well, I understand why we're doing the live stream of the podcast. Live stream during COVID, I was like, "Why are we still doing this?" But then, you know, I would, I would be worried if there wasn't many ruling elders um, checking in on members and making sure. And I mean, I I see so many of the same people Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, unless they're a college student. I see them Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. You know, and and the only reason I don't see college students is because they either graduate, they go home for mm-hmm. you know summer or winter break. So that's right. Um, you know, and 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 I find that our church does really, we live out all these core values really well. But I, I see this biblical community one just kind of capping it all off and saying that's really striving, striving truly, striving. I hope for yeah. that. Yeah. When you say that, I, I you know the thing that strikes me is I go in into some depth in the inquirers class. Mm-hmm to talk about the fact that your elders and your pastors can only be as good as yes. you are willing to be yes. engaged. Um, and and I say that because um, I, I will do my best. The elders will do their best to track people down. Mm-hmm. But there are times that people want to be yes. distant mm-hmm. and, uh, and hidden, so they won't return calls, they won't mm-hmm. show up, and, and those kinds of things. And truthfully, what that actually just breaks my heart yes. because I mm-hmm. uh, I know my own limitations mm-hmm. and it's actually keeps people from being a part of the of the community and so 
in any church, people can hide and run if they want to, but um, what I would want our people to have in looking at this particular core value, biblical community, is to recognize that's that's actually God's design. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and the Father in heaven who knows his sheep the best knew, and I'm going to talk about that this Sunday, uh, Jesus looked at the crowd and had compassion on them because they were without like sheep without a shepherd. Mm-hmm. And the Old Testament has so many places where God's shepherds failed to tend and care for the sheep. Mm-hmm. And First Peter chapter 5 is very big on yeah. the fact that uh, elders are to, to tend the flock of yes. God, mm-hmm. and they're to do it with a, with a manner that is compassionate like Christ was. But uh, people can only, the elders and pastors can only be as good as people want to be a yeah. part of that. And so it's important for our people to really say, I, I really want to be a part of this and be known mm-hmm. um, and loved and and cared for. So yeah. anyway, it's something I, you know, even as we say we strive for it, and I, you know, I appreciate you saying our elders do a good job. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think they do, and I hope they do. I always recognize, um, and any pastor could probably do this, is just go, hmm, I miss this person. I haven't seen this person mm-hmm. in a while. I'm concerned mm-hmm. about this person. And there's a list, you yeah. know? Yeah. And all uh, that's just the nature of community, yeah. though. Yeah. So I, I might critique myself more hardly harshly than you would <laughs> yes. and so i appreciate that but yeah. um but in that critique i think what's important is to remember well that's actually what community is yeah. that somebody knew i wasn't there and they missed me yeah. um, so yeah. that's a part of it yeah no, it's, and it's very sweet and i'm i'm very thankful i've been to i've I, up until i came to christ president i think i've maybe said this on a podcast before i went to very big churches yeah i've never gone to a church that's smaller than i would say 500 members <laughs> like i never you know I, yeah. I went to uh a big pca church growing up yeah. and then i went to um a big non-denom around here before i came yeah. to christ pres and mm. um there is subsects of community that are tried to create like created in those churches yeah. yeah um and while that's somewhat helpful i find that mm. you know christ pres being the size it is with the digging deeper groups and everything like that it really does live out this core value really well, this biblical community. I hope so. I hope so. Thank you so much, Michael. Absolutely. This has been a great series. We've uh, we've covered all from uh, expository preaching, worship, theology, holiness, evangelism, church planting and missions, discipleship, wisdom, and community. All of those we, we, we... Headline with the word biblical, saying we're, we're trying to take those things which we believe are rooted in the scriptures mm-hmm. and, and uh, try to live those out in the life of the church. And so I would ask our people to uh, to read those and just be aware of them because I think they're it's really what we wanted the church to be about in the mm-hmm. beginning. And we hope that 50 years from now, mm-hmm. uh, I'm probably buried in, in the ground <laughs> uh, if Jesus doesn't come back before then, I, I would hope that this church would still be standing on those same values. core values. Absolutely. So, well, thank you, Eric. Thanks, for this. Michael. We will catch y'all in the next one. Thanks all so right. much.